everybody. Hello. Mike and Bonnie here. Uh, Andy, uh, we've we've kicked him off for this week. Um, his uh, his kids are sick, and conveniently, and uh, so it's Mike and Bonnie. You remember Bonnie, Bonnie Lewis? Um, she uh, she joined us uh, in December for a couple of podcasts about grief and lament. And uh, and you launched your own podcast. I did find the blue. It's been fun. It's find the blue. Find and, the blue. And, and it's not B L E W. No. Which would be funny. <laughs> it would be, but I'm not that witty. No. Just regular blue, like the color. The color blue. Yep. Blue, uh, not like chicken cordon blue, like nope. American blue. Yep. Like yes. Red, white, and blue. Red, white. <laughs> yes. Now, um, so we're so glad you're tuning in. We're always happy that you make time for us. And so Bonnie and I are going to simulcast this on our uh, podcasts. And um, if you're a follower of Bonnie's, listen to it on hers. Um, that it, was nice. Well, yeah, just so <laughs> she <one>. gets, <laughs> she needs, uh, she doesn't need, but she deserves. Also need. Some plays. <laughs> so uh, if you follow us both, listen it to uh, listen to it on Bonnie's. Um, but but I, I wanted I've been excited to have a conversation uh, with Bonnie that will launch into several conversations regarding uh, what is commonly called women in ministry. Now, it, it, we have um, it's been so fun. We have loads of non-Christian people who are listening to this thing, okay. and I hear from you all the time, and it's hilarious. Um, and um, and so I'm thrilled that you're listening. Now, this is one of those topics. That, it, that that if you feel like the church is stuck in the Stone Ages, this well, this is one of the reasons why. Yeah, you think we're insane. Yes, mm-hmm. because we have to have a conversation about the role of women in church. Yeah. So so this, in some ways, this is kind of an insider conversation, but it's incredibly important for those who are listening who are Jesus followers, particularly because still in mainstream evangelical sort of uh, teaching... Uh, women are regarded as completely e- equal, um, but have different roles mm-hmm. um, than men and are not allowed typically to teach or lead uh, men in yeah. in most of the conservative evangelical churches. And, and Bonnie and I disagree with that approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A- and we do so on the basis of Bible, not on the basis of we just want to keep up with where culture's going. Right. So um, so if you're if you're not a Christian, uh, we're just thrilled that you tune in, um, but this is one of those topics that's really, really important. And so I, I encourage you to keep listening, because it's a it's a way of doing theology and having internal conversations that we really want to uh, we really want to stress and and kind of show a little bit when we engage in this topic. So uh, if you are a Jesus follower and you are listening and you come from a church that embraces a view called complementarianism, which is what this view is, that the sexes are equal, but they have, uh, they're to, to have different roles in the home and the church, and that men are the head of the home and the church uh, in, in a way that, that connotes authority, um, then, uh, then this should be challenging because the, Paul seems, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament seems to very clearly say this is how it's supposed to be, and it's unchanging, and it's timeless, and uh, and we want to challenge that. So, yeah. so Bonnie, so I want to do part interview, okay. part teachy. Bonnie, how old are you, if I can ask? 31. 31, and you have a degree from? Fuller Seminary. I have a Master's of Arts in Theology. All right, now why why did you choose to, to get a degree in theology? You know, I... Um, I did my undergrad work at Chapman University, and I studied world religions, mm. and I left there with a wealth of knowledge about all the world religions except my own. <laughs> so I was <laughs> like, funny. I need to, I want to dive deeper um, into that. Now, I will say, I actually started um, in apologetics. What's and apologetics? Apologetics would be um, understanding a defense of the faith. So if an atheist... A defense of the Christian faith. Of the Christian faith. So if an atheist comes to me and says, I don't believe this is true about Christianity, here's why, then I would have been trained to answer that. Right. So um, I started in that, not necessarily because I was interested, but more so because I knew in my experience at Chapman and in churches and growing up in my faith, 
I would get a like run into a lot of roadblocks if I wanted to do Masters of Arts in Theology because of the issue of women in ministry. Right. So I started in apologetics and I just didn't like it. I didn't, it was, and there's nothing against it. It just wasn't me. It wasn't me. And so I ended up leaving and then I attended Fuller and just said, I'm going to do this. Right. Regardless. Regardless. Now, what were the messages you were either, uh, that you were either being told Mm -hmm. consciously or that you were believing that that were being implied? Now, of course, you may have read into some of these like, you know, we all do. So granted that, but what were some of the things that you were picking up from the church? Um, I think... There was a big, one of the biggest ones, I think, that I, and I want to state this clear, is that there's a sense if you are a woman, and I don't haven't really heard this um, same sort of affront to men, but if you are a woman who um, believes that women should have equal roles in the church, then you haven't read scripture. Right. Or you haven't, like... Quote, humbled yourself. You went. To, you went to the Bible with an agenda. Yes, and, so, and it's I a put feminist my agenda. Agen- my feminist agenda on the Bible, and I'm reading everything through that lens. Yes. Um, and we'll get back to that, but that was absolutely not my journey. Right. I mean, I think I really wrestled with it and prayed on it and didn't act on it for about ten years. Like yeah. it was a big chunk. No, of- and and our friendship goes back that long, and I yes. can really affirm mm-hmm. that you were restless, mm-hmm. but that you were very much not forcing. Right. The issue. Yeah, of just going and, and sort of weighing. And we'll get there in a second. But the other uh, lie I've heard too is, um, or excuse me, I just said lie, like, <laughs> but that's what I think they are. But the things I heard from the church too is that um, you you don't have a respect for scripture or for men if you are trying to be a woman in leadership. So right. sort of a feminist agenda, but in a bad way, in mm-hmm. a way that mm-hmm. I um, or anyone who women in ministry are trying to sort of take the power away from men or, or the gospel or anything that looks like. Yeah. So um, those were messages I heard a lot. And then in between there, like explicitly, I was off, I was called a heretic a few times and a deep sort of implied message of shame. I mean, I mm. I constantly was wrestling with this is who I am. This is who I feel called to be and what I feel called to do. Also, this is clearly what I'm gifted in. Yet, I'm supposed to believe right. that um, I'm not allowed to do it. Right. So Bonnie, so where I where where Bonnie and I got to know each other, and I shared this a little bit, was when I was leading a church. We uh, we were looking for other teachers. We just threw this we threw this uh, program together to talk about how you teach the scriptures, and if 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 anybody wanted to kind of send us their uh, a video of mm-hmm. them teaching, we'd be glad to give them some feedback and. And, um, and, and so Bonnie, who was 19 at the time, right? Yeah. Um, does, does a video that just blew us out of the water. I mean, it was so unbelievably good. And, uh, we all went, oh my goodness. So, uh, so Bonnie got on my radar as a teacher of the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so in, for those of you that aren't part of like the church, this Christian subculture, uh, teaching the Bible is considered in the very conservative uh, complementarian circles. And complementarian just means the sexes are supposed to complement each other. Right. They're equal, but they have complementary roles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and teaching the Bible to men is considered out of bounds yeah. because uh, 1 Timothy, Paul says, I do not permit women to teach or have authority over men, which mm-hmm. seems on the face of it like really obvious. So. Right. So, um, so for you, Bonnie, you were picking up the messages. You're a young lady, mm-hmm. uh, still are, by the way, thirty one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, who was gifted, and I affirm that. I affirm that gift, but was also receiving messages that it was wrong for mm-hmm. you to pursue that gift in a manner that seemingly violated the two passages. Although the complementarians would say there are more, but the two right. explicit ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, that are that are very much used to restrict women's roles in the church yes, re- exactly. in regarding to teaching and leadership. Mm-hmm. Now, you sent me an article in prep for this that I thought was really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's called The Three Female Ghosts That Haunt the Church. Because mm-hmm. you've already alluded to one of them. Right. And now, this is, this is written um, from, uh, this is a, a woman's perspective who had exercised a leadership gift and went to a new church and was shocked 
mm-hmm. at how open the male pastor was to her. Right. And that provoked in her the recognition that there were these kind of, um, we wouldn't call them ghosts, we call them um, preconceptions mm-hmm. or assumptions or uh, f- kind of false um, things that are attached to this conversation if a woman is the one initiating the conversation about women in ministry. Yeah. And um, uh, she writes, these three ghosts glide into staff meetings where key decisions are made. They hover in classrooms where theology is taught. They strike fear into the hearts of both men and women. Um, and, uh, and so she names these, these three things that kind of hang over this conversation right. that are really pejoratively aimed at women mm-hmm. in this conservative sort of complex. Yeah. So the first one's called the usurper, mm-hmm. which is what you felt. Yeah. Right. Now, what's that one mean? It's the um, the idea that when women are trying to exercise uh, gifts that put them in positions of leadership at all, and whether it be over men or teaching to men or even just with men, alongside yep. men, yep. that the idea is that the women's agenda is to steal away power. Right. The power is a fixed commodity. Mm-hmm. And power to women can only come at the, at the corresponding cost, cost uh-huh. of power, of to, power men. to men. That there isn't that women aren't approaching it as what I think scripturally it should be, which is a, like a dance, right. a partnership. That yep. women instead are saying, "I want this power, and so I'm here to restructure the whole thing and take it away from yep. any men yep. that might have it already." Right. So, 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 gals, gals, women, gals. <laughs> Hello, gals, gals, guys. and guys. Uh, so that women who are coming to biblical convictions, and not all of them are, right? right. Some are driven by. So granted, uh, and I would argue that men are driven. The the conservative guys are driven by an own, their own agenda too. But that's a different conversation. Um, that for you, that 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 usurper bit mm-hmm. was was part of the story. The second one is called the temptress. Now, what's that one? The temptress, um, oh, that's the worst. It's the idea that um, women are constantly, in when they're in a situation with men in leadership, are constantly trying to sort of, I guess, tempt them, tempt the men into a place that would be moral, morally compromising. So, so, yep, temptress is just what it sounds like. It's... It's the idea that we have to build all of these barriers to keep yes. the, the male heart pure. Right. And so, it's the woman's fault, by the way. Right. Well, that that's the idea. Yes. <laughs> it's the idea. Like, yes. the man, if that were to happen, which it does. Right. If it were to happen, that that's not a two-way street. Right. That it was the woman who tempted the man and it's her fault. So it's the sexualization uh-huh. of pastoral ministry. Uh-huh. So, and, and, now, and, and we're not saying, by the way, that there shouldn't be guidelines and oh, you know protective structures and that protect boundaries. marriages and yes well no. and that but that should be in life you know it should be just, everywhere yeah it should be everywhere right but there does seem to be a bit of a double standard yeah when it comes to to male female and 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 some of it's obvious mm-hmm. we live in a highly sexualized culture yeah um where affairs are kind of rampant and celebrated mm-hmm. and how many you know how many pastors leaders have gotten into affair i mean it's just kind of like the common story right so, but this also has some deep biblical sort of underpinnings that Eve was the one yeah. that's, you know, that, that uh, sinned right. and that Adam, you know, he was just kind of clueless like, okay. along for the ride. And yeah. so, so yeah, there is a, there is a theology around that yeah. in, in some of the worst ways. And then, and then the third one read is, that read that description. Okay. Right. So this, this one's called the child. So you have the usurper. She just wants power. She's got an agenda, the temptress. Um, it's the sexual uh, sexualizing of that whole dynamic. The child is um, the the subtle ways that women are treated as the intellectual inferiors to men. Mm-hmm. So they're emotional, they're yeah. homo- hormonal. It's that time of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so so this this woman says here here are ways that you see this. You speak to her in simpler terms. Your tone modulates into pastor's voice when you address her. Um, you tend to address her emotions rather than her thoughts and arguments. Yeah. Um, you view meetings with her where you have much insight to offer but little insight to gain mm-hmm. from her. You dismiss her when she disagrees uh, because she probably doesn't see the big picture. 
uh, you put on your listening face. You have to kind of tolerate her. Mm-hmm. Um, and you direct her to resources less scholarly. Now, yeah. and, 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 and of course, I mean, the, every male or every person-to-person interaction is filled with preconceptions yeah. and assumptions. And so this isn't... But there is, a, there is a, I think, a real thing mm-hmm. that uh, women bump into in some churches that is backed by a certain, understanding, certain understandings of the scripture that say, listen, women are equal and they can exercise their gifts, but they cannot exercise the teaching and leadership gift over men. Right. Um, either autonomously, mm-hmm. which was what my position used to be, which was, yeah, women can teach, but it's under the authority right. of an all-male male elder board, mm-hmm. or they, they can't do it at all. Well, they can just women and children. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or or yeah, young, young men, and some even go so far as to like thirteen. Right, yes, yeah. um, and or or you can share. You can share your story. You can share your you story. Can't yeah, yeah, yeah. Exposit the Bible. So, so, so Bonnie's got her her bumps on this, and her story. I mean, really, I I wish you could know her the way that I know her because she's the last person I would say has an agenda. Um, she, the, but she's had to wrestle with the following dynamic, right? Yeah. You know, and especially that child one is huge. I think I've been in meetings where, um, I thought we were all on the same page and we were all playing sort of equal here. And so I'm adding what I thought or I've done or say I had done research about the passage or whatever else. And then called in later by the head staff and saying, look, next time you have a question or you disagree you can write an email we don't need you to say that in front of everyone <laughs> and it was this idea of like right. you um yeah you just what you have to say um is isn't of importance here yeah um and and i've also i've also been told a few times um and someone even wrote my husband um you guys are out of sync because bonnie technically knows more about the Bible because she has a master's and you don't. <laughs> and so then the idea was, Josiah, who's my husband, you will have to get a PhD in order for your marriage to be okay. Oh and and my husband's like, what in the universe? Like right. what? Right. And so, it, but there is this idea. And and like you said, I've I wrestled a long, yeah. long time with yeah. the scripture. Yep. About it. Yep. And and I need to say, so I'm I'm a male, I'm white. So white, I mean, unbelievably, like really, like like the whitest. Yes, it's <laughs> it's impossible to get whiter. Right. Um. And and I and I've contributed to. I, I've always been very compelled by Jesus's fast or Jesus's. I've always been fascinated by Jesus's, um, the culture breaking stereotypes right. uh, of the way Jesus treated women in mm-hmm. his day, but I've always. I've always just felt pulled by this thick kind of a tradition mm-hmm. uh, that I was raised in. I went to seminary. Uh, I mean, right. that that said, no, no, no. Here's how you understand these passages, and it's and it's really only in the last couple of years mm-hmm. that um, the weight of biblical evidence shifted for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't um, because I, I, you know, felt like I, I need to be a feminist supporter. It wasn't because, you know, my wife has this gift and I wanted to see it happen. Right. Or my one of my little... No, it was because I really felt like the scriptures... I, I, I had been reading them wrong. Mm-hmm. And so so part of part of what we want to do... And this is just the launch. I mean, there's so... These issues... If you're, if you're somebody who is not a Christian, you're just kind of going, really? I can't believe you're talking <laughs> yeah, about this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is why I'm not a, a Jesus follower. Yeah. Yes, totally get that. Uh, but for others of our listeners, I mean, this is a huge deal. I'm going liberal because yeah. I would, you know, because I would affirm this. And people have even said this is affirming women in ministry is the first step to affirming gay marriage. You or know, anything else. Oh, right. right. I know. So it's a slippery slope. It is. is what they say. <laughs> yeah. So I've gotten I've gotten lots of pushback, too, uh, personally. Yeah. Um, to the point where, where people have asked, am I just unemployable now? Oh. So, so. <laughs> So the answer is yes, and that's why we're starting a church. Starting so, your own church. That's right. I'll employ. I'll employ myself. Exactly. Darn it. Now, um, so so Bonnie, what what was it 
that began to shift for you. So you have two passages and, and I'm going to save, I want to just talk, uh, you know, I, I'll do a couple of podcasts of like the deep exegesis of these things, but, but let's talk, let's talk in more generalities, um, about the journey. So, so, so I'm going to ask you a question that is going to sound like it's asking for a ton of exegesis, but give me the highest level. Okay. Make sense? Yep. So, so because I don't, you know, if we get into that, the right. sucker's going for two hours. At least. Yeah. And, and that, that is worthy of being done. But, but so what changed for you? So you had, you had, um, uh, the, 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 church in some of its forms saying to you this is inappropriate this is inappropriate you mm-hmm. and they're pointing to the bible yeah exactly when this is happening right so so what began to to call mm-hmm. that into question well i think like i said before it was a wrestling of this is who i'm called to be and um this is what people are saying you you know that's wrong so either so what's what's the choice what's the choice am i making here am i gonna just kind of ignore those giftings and that call and just say well i must I must be reading that wrong. And I would say I did that for a while. So mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, that's probably right. Um, or what it came down to was it just sort of, I was continually, like you said, restless with going, this is sort of burning inside me and I don't mm-hmm. know what to do with it. So you've got your two, are you? there's a lot, but passages, you know, in the New Testament. Yeah, First that, Corinthians. First Corinthians and First Timothy that just talk about, um, kind of present the role of women as a subordinate role. And so for me, I spent, I don't know how many books I read or years and truly looking at it and going, am I, how am I reading this? Do right. I have an agenda? Right. And um, I'm just, you know what? I'm just going to go with a safer bet and say, okay, I agree. I shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But actually the passage that really hit home for me was actually in Genesis. So Genesis 2, um, when you know, God makes woman and he calls her a helper. Mm-hmm. And I heard so many times, like, do you see what I mean? This is men are here and then women are just here as an insubordinate role to help them. Yes. And when I started really diving into the language of that. Ezer. Exactly. Ezer and the Hebrew language and going, how many times is the word Ezer for helper used? And yep. found out that the majority of it. With in, one exception. With one exception. In the Old Testament is God coming alongside and helping his people. And for me that was a huge shifting point mm-hmm. in going, um, if I'm going to apply the like the linguistic um, sort of definitions here, I have to be consistent. And I don't believe that God is subordinate to um, people. I believe that, you know, he's coming alongside his church. We see that again and again in the narratives of scripture. So for me, I began to find a little bit of freedom there and yeah. say, wait, maybe I'm not, instead of looking at this as in sort of a, patriarchal male dominated institution Mm -hmm. maybe instead we could start looking at it as like a dance Mm -hmm. and a partnership and that we're doing this together Mm -hmm. so i started viewing women in ministry um as an opportunity to bring the freedom and as an opportunity i think in what i have found um with other girls and women that i talk to that are or gals gals <laughs> me 10 years ago <laughs> and saying like thank you for being willing to sort of go out there because i don't know what to do i i sense that we're here together but i don't i don't feel that way and so i have really noticed that when i start looking at women in ministry through the lens of how God comes and helps his people and mm-hmm. we're in this together mm-hmm. and we're sort of realizing and functioning and understanding what it means to be human and to spread the gospel that it really brought started to bring me a lot of freedom mm-hmm. to be able to say wait maybe this is okay yeah maybe this is fine so how did you come to reconcile again mm-hmm. we can go deep mm-hmm. but it, it, in kind of general terms how did you reconcile genesis mm-hmm. where there's clear um, equality and no differentiation. Now, this would our, our complementarian friends would disagree with this right. this sentence. Uh, that that it seems totally equal in call and role and everything. Um, how did you reconcile that with the the two passages that that mm-hmm. one of them uh, I do not permit women to speak in churches. One of them I do not permit women to women must remain silent is first corinthians and then uh, first timothy is i don't not permit women to lead or teach or have authority over men Mm -hmm. how did that how did genesis reconcile with those two yeah absolutely i'm a big proponent as i know you are of looking um believing that 
scripture is alive and active now, mm-hmm. um, but it was also purposefully written during a specific time and place in history. So when I started sort of doing research on, okay, what was going on? What's the church that Paul's talking to? Mm-hmm. Who is he talking to? Mm-hmm. What's happening with the women during that time? And looking at the role of women during mm-hmm. that time, mm-hmm. um, I started to be able to unfold a little bit and going, okay, how much of this is cultural? Right. And beyond that, instead of just taking those two passages and isolating them, putting them in the bigger realm of Jesus's ministry on earth and how he addressed women and how he included them into the fold and going, okay, I can't leave, I can't leave that out. I can't say that Paul is teaching something different than what Jesus, um, what Jesus demonstrated and what Jesus taught. So it was a big thing for me. Like, so for example, you know, um, just learning about the different religious cults that are happening at that time and knowing, oh, okay, there actually is why Paul is saying this is because women were sort of getting sucked into this cult Mm -hmm. where they were getting drunk. And he said, look, if you're going to be in church, we don't have a good differentiation right now of people who are in that cult or people who are following Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so until we do, Mm -hmm. let's not confuse people. And that's what it was about. And so once I was able to do research and figure out sort of the background of that, I was able to look at it from a different perspective and then bring the whole narrative scripture into mind and sort of see this line. Beautiful. So so you began to, to see that, your and your position would be that these are culturally conditioned. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the objections, of course, is that in both Corinthians and Timothy, they refer back to creation, Genesis mm-hmm. 1 and 2 order. Right. So, it, so Genesis really turns out to be a very, very critical. Yeah. Uh, passage for understanding what God intended. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you, as you've as you've kind of come to believe, what what's your what's your conviction? My conviction is that men and women are equal partners in ministry yep. and in leadership. And I also believe that when we leave women out, we are leaving a huge chunk in perspective of the gospel out. <laughs> and I also believe when we leave women out, we are missing getting the gospel to specific places and people. Right. I truly believe that. Yeah. Um, and my other conviction is that um, I think we are a little bit, we can be a little, and I'm not saying this for everyone, but a little bit hypocritical. I believe so much in the local church. And so I truly believe that as Christians, if we want to see society change, it starts in the local church. Mm-hmm. So um, you constantly hear women um, need to be paid equal. Mm-hmm. Well, then you start that in your churches. You know, you you want to vote. You want health care for everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, then you open up your church and you have free health care clinics. Right. So I, I, it's tough for me when I hear men say, <laughs> well, this woman should get the same office or this woman should have the same pay. And I'm like, how do you expect that to happen when you at your church aren't even doing that same thing? Right. But I do. Ooh, great point. I kind of want to turn the tables for a second because it's one thing when I as a woman say, look, pay attention to women, blah, blah, blah. And, it, <laughs> and it's quite different when a man and especially a white male in mm. the united states society I'm white, says and, and I'm you're a male. male um i agree with this like mm. for me another big turning point was having you and people like you mm. affirm and come along inside and say wait a minute there's an equal place at the table mm. and that was huge it's I'm the so same glad. thing i work a ton in social justice and and poverty and it's different when someone in a third world country says we need help Versus when people of privilege come along inside and say yeah. they need help and let's affirm their humanity and dignity. Yeah. So I have felt that from you over the years, an awesome. affirmation of gifts and leadership, but also humanity and dignity. So I actually, I've never heard the journey you took. I mean, <laughs> we, I just saw it kind of happen and right. we worked it together 10 years ago. And then when we worked together again, it was different. So I would actually <laughs> like to know what happened there. Um, <laughs> Like and like I said, you'll you'll probably do more where it's more in depth. So so like you said, the, yeah. the highlights. Yeah, yeah. What yeah, was yeah. really changing for you? Oh my goodness. Um. Well, Bonnie, thank you. I'm so glad. I and and for the record, um, I I, uh, I just think Bonnie is one of the most gifted teachers I've been around, and, and I and I and I do have an agenda. Um, I absolutely want her to land some sweet teaching gig somewhere. Um. For me, uh, I I was raised in such a conservative environment, mm-hmm. um, and I've joked around a lot about it. I mean, you know, the these people love Jesus, and yeah. they 
um, it, it, I'm sure 20 years or 10 years from now, people are going to be like, man, what was that eerie guy? What's he <laughs> thinking? What an idiot, you know? Um, and, and so with, with a great deal of, of respect, I just, I, I've begun to vigorously disagree mm-hmm. with the interpretation of those, of those Bibles. And it really changed for me in Genesis too. I mean, I am, I have been accumulating for a decade, um, stuff on Genesis one and two. I, I want to do a whole like long, 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 long cool. series yeah. on that because, um, to me, if when you get into the New Testament, the big objection to the interpretation you just give, right. you just gave, is, well, but doesn't Paul in Corinthians and in uh, Timothy, but Timothy especially, refer back to the Genesis stories right. and the seeming subordination of women? Mm-hmm. Now, again, no complementarian is going to want to use the subordination word. No, 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 no. They're going to say equal, but complementary. And then they'll point to the horror in society of allowing women to work as much, not to raise their families. Right. And, and I think, okay, there, there could be some truth to some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was a biblical... So you see in Genesis, I mean, it's just, just what you said. You, I don't see a hint Mm-mm. of a subordination of women. And, and people will say, yeah, but doesn't Adam name Eve? Nope. He, he refers to her as woman and himself as man. Those were titles and classifications. Those were not names. He only names her after the fall. Mm-hmm. And so Genesis 3, and we're, we're going to spend so much time on this, is actually the place where patriarchy is introduced. Mm-hmm. Where instead of this partnership, you have God promising that what will happen between the men and the women is that there will be a power struggle. Yeah. And we see that play out. Yeah. And so I've come to realize, first that God works within the fallen structures of society mm-hmm. to further the gospel mm-hmm. and to call those structures forward. But if he called them forward so much, it would hurt the gospel. Mm-hmm. So I see Paul against slavery, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Onesimus, mm-hmm. if, you can get your fr- if you can get your freedom, get your freedom, right? He writes right. to Philemon and says, dude, let this guy, let this person be free as a coworker. Um, but you also have him saying, hey, slaves, Obey your masters. Right. Or, uh, and this this is the most pressing one, slaves, um, obey your masters and make the teachings of Jesus beautiful. Make mm-hmm. the teaching of God attractive. Mm-hmm. Right? So Paul's predominant orientation is towards what? Making the gospel of Jesus beautiful. Right. So in the Timothy and Corinthian instances, women were doing things and men were too that's the other thing paul is rebuking men left and right exactly yeah right? i mean there are three groups of people commanded to be silent in yeah. corinthians yeah yeah exactly. it's fascinating just, but we never hear, hear about those. the women <laughs> right so uh so paul is putting these restrictions for the sake of the gospel in the same way bonnie if you and I were missionaries in afghanistan right. or in iraq mm-hmm. would you wear a head covering would you wear a burqa if that furthered the gospel, then, yes. Yeah, I would. Absolutely. Right. Yes. I'd wear one if it furthered the gospel. Exactly. Um, and, and so so what began to happen is I saw in Genesis God's intention for male and female. And then I saw God's accommodation of fallenness mm-hmm. where he did two things simultaneously. He would work within the system, but at the same time plant the seeds for the system's eventual overthrow. Absolutely. Yeah. So the teaching on slavery a is a perfect it. example of this. Mm-hmm. Now, I think, I think he did this with women too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so what you have in the Old Testament, you have women judges, you have women prophets, um, you have women worship leaders. You've got, you've got in, in, in an incredibly patriarchal culture women who were being raised up and they were as as the as the narrative goes they were the exception rather than the rule but then you get to the life of jesus and yes jesus chose 12 men mm-hmm. to be his close band of followers but right. he did that for symbolic reasons mm-hmm. not because men are better right. in fact the text like particularly luke goes overboard to tell us that women were his disciples mm-hmm. yeah. in, in again, ways that were surprising you know, so women supported his ministry. Women were the first to see him after his resurrection. Women were the ones who stayed through the crucifixion yeah. uh, while the men ditched. Uh, That's because we get stuff done. Okay? <laughs> That's why. Let me just say that. I affirm that. Married married to a yeah, gal. Exactly. Married to Justina. It oh, gets a lot she, done. Yeah, she's, a, she's phenomenal. Yeah, she is. Um, yeah, and, and, and then you have... 
you have subtle things like Mary and Martha, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we worked on that passage. I forgot. Yeah, you yeah, and yeah, I yeah. did that together. Yeah. And and the, the, the point is, it's a story, if you're not a Bible um, uh, reader, it's a story where there are two sisters. One is sitting at the feet of Jesus mm-hmm. um, while Jesus is in their house. The other one's sort of preparing the meal. And um, the one preparing the meal says to Jesus, hey, my sister's not helping. Could you talk to her? And then Jesus says, well, she's chosen the better thing. Right. And it's usually presented as, well, one's busy and yeah. one's focused and silent before Jesus. Like, can you be a Mary in a Martha world? Yes. Whatever. But what's the actual <laughs> But what's the actual thing going on there? The actual thing is that... Um, the way like the households were set up is she was actually welcome into the inner room like where a disciple would be and is sitting there as the place of a disciple who is being taught now the only time you would be taught as a disciple is because the thought was you will take what you know and you will go and you will make your own disciple so he's teaching her in a way that is affirming saying look you're going to be a leader of this thing that's right and and that that the 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 women's roles were pretty uh, clearly marked. Mm-hmm. Women were responsible for the domestic duties and men were responsible for anything that was public. Right. So to have a guest sitting in your house teaching disciples, mm-hmm. Mary would have been culturally expected to be back preparing the meal. Absolutely. So yeah. she was invading male space mm-hmm. and Jesus welcomed it. Affirmed the snot out of it. Mm-hmm. So so you have all of these counterexamples. Even Paul yeah. Right. He refers to a woman apostle. He yeah. uh, he he talks about two a uh, uh, two cup uh, two people a couple, Priscilla and Aquila, mm-hmm. who taught one of the leading teachers, Apollos of the early church. And it's funny in the earliest Paul's earliest relationship with them, the man's listed first, as would be culturally expe- expected. Right. But in his later friendship with them, the woman's always listed first, which yeah. would have been surprising. Right. You've got the women in the in the the genealogy of Jesus. You have all of these counter examples, mm-hmm. and then you have, and this one is the 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 deal like sealer for me. Okay. Very not referenced, but in Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit is poured out on men and women, and with such power, people mm-hmm. thought they were drunk. Yeah. And and that this this small band of Jesus followers, they begin to speak in the languages of all the people that were gathered, to announcing that this Jesus had risen from the dead. And to to uh, frame what was happening, a guy named Peter gets up to address the crowd. And he says, nope, we're not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. First. Second, <laughs> what you're seeing happening is the result of a promise given in the book of Joel, which was that the spirit would be given um, without measure on men and women, young and old, mm-hmm. that they would dream dreams, prophesy. There's no differentiation. So that in the new creation, mm-hmm. what God has done is to restore what Genesis 1 and 2 hinted at. Mm-hmm. And so that when Paul in Galatians says, there's neither male nor female, Jew or Greek, slave right. or free, we're living in a new creation reality. We're not living in the patriarchy that God had accommodated for so long. We're living in the new creation reality where men and women are co-laborers under Jesus. Right. So that's the that's a long, but short, <laughs> right? You know, sort of thing. And and one last one, Bonnie. I'm yeah. sorry. No, I I like to hear this. I learned a new I learned a new phrase called mansplain. Have you heard this? No. So mansplain evidently is when a woman says something, and it's lightly regarded. But when a man says the exact same thing, mm-hmm. it's more highly regarded because it's a man who's saying it. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yes. I want to hear Yeah, exactly. That's mansplaining. So I'm going to mansplain right now. Because because it is. I mean, when you are saying, no, I believe on the on the basis of Bible. It's like, oh, well, of course you do. Exactly. You're going to be dismissed. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a harder time. Uh, although is you know dis- dismissibility is still uh, uh, you know can happen when when it's someone like me doing it, which mm-hmm. which actually just reinforces the patriarchy, right? Yeah. So what we're not saying is that men and women are the same. No. Nope. They. I I firmly believe the movement to eradicate the differentiation between the genders mm-hmm. is dangerous and it's unbiblical. And I'm unhelpful. I think that the differences should be celebrated. Absolutely. 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 It's like like when you talk about race, um, you know, people will say, well, I don't see color. Well, I think no. that's that's idiotic. I, I see color 
Jesus made color, and, and color is awesome. Right. So, so we're and not. And also, white is a color. No. Yes. What? Just so you know, <laughs> I'm a I'm a fan of white people, but what have they brought to the world? Sunscreen. That was good. Right. McDonald's. McDonald's. KFC. There's no more. No one goes. Here's no one goes. Hey, let's go have some Caucasian food tonight. That's true. Nobody does that. I mean, they've brought their fair share okay. of things. But. No, and I'm a, I'm a fan of white people, but on the inside, I'm a I'm a I'm multicolored. Let me just put it that way. No, well, but but to your point, to say there is no I don't see color is extremely dismissing. That's like, right. Honestly, that's right. The unique and beautiful creation that God did on that's purpose. Right. Yeah. So so we're not because some egalitarians, which is this view we're advocating, some of them really seem to say there is no differentiation. There is no right. difference. No, 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 no. But, but I, I don't know that the difference, the differences are rendered in theological categories the way that some uh, folks who would disagree with us mm -hmm. spell them out. Yeah, I would agree. So gifts are given without regard to gender in the New Testament. And so you have the gift of teaching. I mm -hmm. think you should teach. So, so my journey was being pressed by the scriptures into the realization that the narrow way I had understood those two passages mm -hmm. had to be rethought on the basis of, of how they were called into question by other parts of the Bible. Mm -hmm. So to, to me, that that was the issue. Right. It, it wasn't any other. It wasn't any other reason. So um, what would you want? To, what would you want? So you're 31. So you're you're just old. Like so old. And um, so let's say. So I have a 10 year old girl okay. named Hannah. I call her a gal. And no, I don't. Um, and and I asked her one day, I said, baby, would you ever want to, you know, would you ever want to do church with daddy? She's like, well, I want to sing. I'm like, okay. Now, for the record, her voice is a little iffy. She gets that from me. And and um, I didn't promise her that her microphone would be on. Right. Okay. I didn't say that. Right. But she's going to sing. But but what I but but what I was happy about is that I felt like with full theological integrity could look at her and say what do you want to do what do you feel like you're gifted to do yeah. what what do you want to say to the um, the ladies who are listening mm -hmm. what do you, and then and then second question what do you want to say to the guys particularly the guys that aren't convinced yeah I think to the to the the women crowd who um, too one. Who feel like they're gifted mm -hmm. and have no idea what to do with it yep. and feel like they should hide it push it away um, I would say I to lean into that um, and really wrestle with it why are you thinking what you're thinking read the passage of scripture seek out um, others who've been on the journey yeah um, and also people to help sort of read in to um, what it is that maybe you're bringing to the table that you shouldn't or what yeah. it is that you're seeing um, but to be bold, I think I, I used to be okay with attending churches that were like, oh, women are welcomed and equal, but not really, or they have to do it under men. I used to be fine with that. Yeah. And then, um, I sort of just realized that that was eroding at my giftings and my soul. And so yeah. now I'm not. Right. And, um, I also want to say to them too, that like, it really is a marathon. And yeah. it's not a sprint. And you don't have to have it all figured out. You right. can be brave and you can be bold even when you don't know all the answers. Right. You learn and there's so much um, grace and love surrounding that. Yep. Um, and then to the men, I think that, um, I think there are a lot of men that have the same convictions you do and don't feel like they have the support to voice them. Hmm. But I would encourage those that are in that position to know like not voicing them actually causes a lot of strife and damage that doesn't need to be there yeah um and so if they are to voice them or to put people up in leadership positions women up in leadership positions even small things is a huge huge statement yeah to the congregation and also to that woman yep. and then those that aren't convinced like i am not my i never honestly even care if you agree with me on this issue like right. because i'm i'm convinced and i've done my reading through scripture and I'm a, in a continual process. Right. It's not one of those things that I'm like, well, this is the answer and I'm never going to visit it again. Right. I'm in a continual process and I know that the Holy Spirit will continually guide me and change me. But 
one of the best things that I heard is um, I had this professor at seminary who sort of shared his story about changing and he said what really convinced me is watching the Holy Spirit move in women mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I realized oh my gosh the Holy Spirit is working and God is working in ways that I would have missed if I would have just if I held so tightly to this yeah and I'm not sharing this to to my own horn but I've had a few um, people in seminary that I, I did a preaching class as you have to do right and um, I from the get-go it was scary because I knew there was a bunch of people in there that didn't think women could preach or teach and you have to preach you have to do at least three <laughs> sermons so like there's no getting around it and um, at the end of class we sort of shared our learnings like what was the most surprising what did you learn about yourself and I had three people in the class stand up and say at the beginning of this class um, I didn't think that women could teach but this has been the hardest semester I've ever had to endure because seeing the Holy Spirit move through Bonnie when she preached come on made me re-read my scripture and say what have like what am I missing here because I see the Holy Spirit at work so am I reading this wrong and really wrestle right and I had a pastor say that he was like this was has been the hardest for me because I wasn't expecting to ever change my mind on this so I think sometimes if we are willing and able to look where the Holy Spirit's moving and then sort of revisit yeah and um, try to align those two I think that that plays a big role and uh, uh, sort of allows your heart to enter it versus just this hard-lined yeah. sort of mental approach to doctrinal beliefs that right. I think plagues the church sometimes. Yep. So, so Bonnie, thank you. Thank you. This um, has been great. In the blue. Find, find the blue. The blue. <laughs> find uh, the blue. Find the blue. Is that, is that a website too? Yeah, but there's not much on there because I okay. like podcasting better than, than writing. Than writing. Yes. But if you go to the website, findtheblue.com, yeah. it'll link you to the podcast. Um, so super stoked on that. Bonnie uh, just told me before we started recording that, that she, while she's here um, in SoCal, who, however long that will be, um, she's glad to help uh, me carry some of the teaching load at Vox. Yeah, that'll so be awesome. I'm stoked about that. And... Um, so, so super, super fun. A uh, couple of thoughts as we close. Number one, there's so much more to say. There are objections to everything we just said. Yes. So if you're going to write on Facebook, what about, and or the website, what about, I got it. I know. Believe me. I've got a, I literally have a Word document that is hundreds of pages long. That's with so the, good with because the I do not know all the answers. The, well, I don't either. I just know. <laughs> I just know what the counters are. Yeah, well, that's to everything we've said. Yeah, and and there are some people who deeply love Jesus, who deeply love women, who deeply love the church, who are convinced that you and I are wrong mm-hmm. and in violation of the Bible. And so, uh, we we the goal is to present uh, the biblical argument because too often this is dismissed as well. It's just an agenda. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think, no, there's a biblical argument to be made. So I'm going to be, I don't know if I'll do them all in a row, uh, because our poor, our poor atheist listeners are will like, be like, give me a break. yeah, seriously, I'm done. <laughs> um, but I'm going to do some, some future episodes on, Hey, here's, here's how I cool. would respond to all those objections. So, so no, that's coming. This is just the warm up. Yeah. Um, and, and secondly, uh, we're always so grateful. We pray before we record, and always we pray that Jesus would be made beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's that's our goal. That is mm-hmm. the goal, and um, and and he um, was so countercultural in this regard that I think that uh, Paul, because Paul cared so much about the gospel, mm-hmm. that it actually hurts us to have a, so if all things are equal and it's 50 50 on either side mm-hmm. my argument is then you gotta you gotta affirm women because it, it it's happening every other place in the world mm-hmm. and um and if you believe that women can be prime ministers and secretaries of state and you know yeah it's it's tough to then say well she can't lead she can't uh, read the bible uh, right a church of 200 <laughs> people because it has yeah. men in it you just you're kind of going wow okay something's happening here. so yeah. So more to come. Subversivekingdom.com, voxoc.com, uh, Twitter, Facebook. We're so honored. I'm so. I want to say one thing. Yes. The Mary, uh, the Mary Martha passage. Oh yeah. You did. You preached a great sermon on that, and I. That you helped write. 
well, still. So I'm glad that you liked what you wrote. <laughs> still, um, I often give that to people Good. who are struggling. So anybody that wants that, just Google EV free. I think it's Luke 8. Is it? I thought it was Luke 10. Maybe it's 11. Right? Maybe it's 11. Good thing we're all biblical scholars. Yes. Here. But just, I think we you're right. I think it's t- 10. We but, know it's um, in Luke. Just, if you could, you could probably Google EV free Fulton. Mary and Martha, and it would come up. It's a really amazing, amazing for both sides of the coin. Right. I think for anybody on this topic, yep. both sides of the coin. Yep. And um, yeah, I'm just grateful to be here. I'm so excited about Vox OC. I think it's going to be awesome. And um, yeah, I just, I think that this is such a needed topic. I yeah. think if we want to see change in a white male dominated society, when it comes to women, when it comes to race. other religions, when it right. comes to race, we start with things like this. Yeah. So. Yeah. The net. The I want to do one on on Black Lives Matter, coming I would because love that. because, um, I because I'm a white guy. I kind of react to white the accusation of white privilege, mm-hmm. and I kind of go, oh, is this just political correctness gone crazy? Mm-hmm. But there's got to be something to it. There has to be something to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I'm really interested to explore. Um, as a white Christian man, the the blind spots. Yeah, that'd know? be huge. And so this seems like one of them. Race seems like one of them. Um, poverty seems like one of them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's all to come. Cool. But I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I'm so grateful, Bonnie. And please check your her podcast out. Tell me, just give me a sentence about what what's the normal fare. Um, you F-A-R-E. know, F A R E. Yeah, there's. Sort of two veins. One, I talk with um, pastors and like psychologists about issues. So shame. Um, what do we do? Boundaries, um, things like that. And then I also do some preaching. Boom. So. So you can see a for yourself. Lovable. All right, I like that. <laughs> All right. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine His face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you peace. Wherever you are right now, in your car, at work, on the treadmill, um, we're just so grateful, as always, to be a part of your life. So thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Vox, the Mike Geary podcast. Be sure to like Mike on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash official Mike Geary. Follow Mike on Twitter and Periscope at Mike Geary for live interaction and ongoing Q&A. Don't forget to visit SubversiveKingdom.com for further engagement and information about Mike.